0: Hello everyone, we have another topic provided by a listener, but let's we're going to start with our beginning, talking about how our weeks were going, and how was Mother's Day?
1: Mother's Day was awesome. <laughs> it always is. I mean, you know, you're a mom, it's awesome. Um, I got to take a nap, which, you know.
0: Well, your, nice. your daughter's old enough to where she can- She
1: is, I know. She can actually fend for herself. So yeah, this was like the first year. She's eight years old. This was like the first year I took a nap on Mother's Day, okay?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but my uh, my husband and my daughter got me um, a 23 Me test. So I'm really excited about doing that.
0: Which if you don't know what that is, is like a DNA test to tell you what you should eat, shouldn't eat. Yes. It's basically like your ancestral stuff things which is pretty cool
1: yes Um, so i think we're gonna talk about that maybe in a future
0: podcast yeah i think that'd be really interesting to find out um what i did well actually what levi did for her mother he he made her pancakes and all that good stuff in bed which basically means i made it all it was fun he had you and she didn't get sleep in she never she never does once he's up she's up so that's just the way it goes well right all right so this next topic we're talking about stress and stress eating it was actually stress awareness week last week or two so weeks was ago it really yeah at work it was Jeez. and as i am her emotional animal at work and i help bounce ideas struggles i stress. think
1: everyone needs an emotional animal yeah it's like unbelievably helpful to be able to talk about things with someone that you trust. Uh, I mean, like, sometimes if you just say something out loud, it'll either help you realize that whatever you're worrying over is really insignificant, or at least the other person can sort of, like, lend their thoughts and insights.
0: Yeah, that definitely does help because it gives you perspective. Like, did you think about this? You're like, oh, no, I didn't think about that. So So
1: so so. is she, like, I'm guessing she's, like, a stress eater?
0: No, she was just really – she does sometimes, I think – um, not to stereotype, I think more women stress eat than men sometimes.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think men just, we swallow, like, if you ever watch King of the Hill, Pank just swallows his emotions, so he just gulps it down. So that's how, we, <laughs> that's how men deal with it, I guess. Um, so her question was really about stress eating and coping with stress. So I think everyone has that one time or another has dealt with some stress in their life. I mean, obviously we, um don't just live with uh, unicorns and fluffy clouds and eat ice cream every day Um, and some tend to hold in your shoulders you know some ted's back head other areas you know knots tighten up and build up over time and then you just either explode or you have to go to a chiropractor because your neck's sideways because you have so much stress i have all that fun stuff oh that's great that's fantastic. So whenever she snaps and snaps my neck during a podcast, one will know. <laughs> right. So I think it's fair that we all deal with it in many different ways. Um, but Kelly, you know, when you're stressed, what is the one negative way you used to cope? And give me an example at that time.
1: So after I had my daughter, um, I started drinking wine again. I've always liked wine. I like the taste of it. But at that time, um, because I was under a lot of stress and um, I am not a baby person, I'm like the one odd woman on the planet who is not a baby person. And you didn't
0: become a baby person? No. Okay.
1: No. Like when my daughter turned about four is when I started to enjoy being a mother a little bit more. Um, they because i can talk back to you. Well, she became a little bit more independent and, sure. you know, it was just i i'm just i'm not a baby person and so it was I would agree
0: with that. I'm kind of the same way. It I think was, the first year was hard. Yes. Because it's like what do you do? One time he was just crying. I had no idea why. I had to pull him up like a football just so he could poop and I'm like, "Oh, that's all you needed." You could just hold me. <laughs> right. To say, "Dad, hold my whatever what knees to my chest so i can poop if you would have told me that i've been fine <laughs> right. but yeah Johanna could tell you stories but it's just
1: on. constant you know when they're babies it's just constant and i just found it very difficult to enjoy that part of mm. the process but anyway so i started you know after she was born um and you know you're allowed to and 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 i stopped breastfeeding okay <laughs> just so everybody's not all up in my My stuff. Right. Um. I started drinking wine, and a glass per night turned into almost a bottle a night. Oh wow! (laughs) Yeah. So I was spending a lot of money too. Um. And you know, I guess again, being a new mom, it's just hard. I was deprived of sleep at the time, like most new moms are. Um. I'm. I was trying to take care of all of our animals, and at the time, we we still had three. Um. You know, normal like big sized horses. And you know, trying to take care of all the household household chores, plus feeding a fussy baby, um, she struggled with latching properly. Um, and even with the bottle, she just she just didn't want to take the bottle very well, sure. Um, and it's it seemed to me like she would never sleep like the other babies. She was extremely active. She started walking at nine months old, yeah um that's how
0: levi is yeah right yeah, so
1: she was just always like up and needing she was just she didn't want me to really hold her she didn't like to be cuddled and held but at the same time she wanted to see everything yeah,
0: she wants she's just curious she just wants to just yes. learn on as much as she can yeah
1: and at the same time i often felt like i wasn't quote unquote doing enough Um, because I wasn't contributing financially. Like my job as a mom was somehow less important or it was quote unquote easy, which, you know, it's not. And it was also a really tough tough time for me in my marriage because as you probably know, as most couples having their first child know, kids change the dynamic of your relationship. And so, I mean, we all love our kids, but Staying at home with kids all day is probably the hardest job in the world. And, and luckily, I, I have a husband who even, you know, he'll say, you know, when he was home on weekends to help me out, even he would say, this staying at home with the baby is harder than anything that I would do at work. um, and I but, think
0: just not being able to talk to an adult. Yeah, yeah that's huge too. Johanna's jo- like, I just want to talk to an adult. <laughs> That just doesn't go. Bye-bye.
1: My clients with younger kids, it's so funny when they come for workouts, it's like just this, you know, barrage of like, I just listen and they just talk and yeah. talk and talk and I make them work out, but they talk and talk and it, yeah, there's just not, there's no real adult conversation. Um, so, anyway, as soon as my husband would walk in the door though, I mean, I pretty much handed the kid over and corked the bottle. Oh, wow. And so it just became a really bad habit. So anyway, how about you? Like, How have you coped in the past? And like, give an example.
0: Oh, best example. I use food a lot to cope with stress, depression, all that fun stuff. And we've covered that before, but we'll go into a little bit deeper maybe. Um, So my biggest memory would be when I was out of a job. I lost my job through whatever issues, and we're not going to go into that, but I was looking frivolously. I was looking for another job. I was trying to find something. Um, I don't remember if this was the first time or second time, but um, I remember at one time I p- applied at a bowling alley and they said I was overqualified to work at a bowling alley. Oh, I'm, I'm just like, I need a job. I will clean out nasty shoes. You just need something to do.
1: <laughs> right? Give me some money. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and I wasn't finding anything on the horizon. I, I think I was out of work for about a month. So even after after some time, job interviews, phone call interviews, didn't really have any luck. I had an interview with Verizon Wireless. They're like, sell me this product. I'm like, okay, do you want it? No. Okay, bye. And they're like, no, you need to ask why and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. That's how most salespeople it, but as a, I'm a sales guy now, and I know when someone comes to me, they They know what they want to buy, and right. I'm not gonna sell them something that they don't want. So I'm just not that kind of person for the most part. Um, so finding no job, no luck and and um, any of that on top of that I was newly married uh, a few months prior um, as a man, the family feel your need to just provide right. and when you're uh taking your wife to work, picking her up and coming home, and that's your only job, you feel worthless. Um so I would take her to work. I'd grab some junk food at the Dollar General on the way home. Every day probably for a month. Maybe not every day. Let's not blow it out of control, but it was just probably about every day. So what I would get from Dollar General. All right, you got a list. One or two boxes of Swiss rolls. Oh boy. Okay. I got Pringles, a Monster energy drink or other junk food that was there, Pop whatever, gummy bears was one. I didn't even write that down, but that was in there. But mostly it was the Swiss rolls. I don't know why they taste like garbage, but <laughs> they I ate really them. do. <laughs> I ate them. So I would go home, play video games, apply for a bunch of jobs and stuff my face with this trash.
1: Can I ask you, can I ask you a question?
0: Oh god, yeah, sure.
1: Did you, did you like, hide the trash from your wife? Oh,
0: no. I threw it away real quick. Did you? It was in the garbage. She could just go look. I didn't, like, hide it. She knew. Um, and I think she, I think uh, at a, she was just, like, I think she felt bad. Because it's, like, you lose your job, you can't provide, and you're, like, stuck. Yeah. It's, like, um, you know, you, you can't do anything, which is sucks. And so, um, so, that's all I would do, is just play video games, eat junk food, and just wait for... You know, 3.30 to roll around to go get my wife from work and go home, you know. Um, needless to say, this was very, you know, depressing time. It sucks when you, you you have no per. There's like no purpose besides driving to work, picking her up, driving home, and that's it.
1: And I think that, you know, I think there's maybe probably some differences between men emotional eating and women or st- stress eating, sure. I should say, more than emotional eating, but I think you know. I think for men, a lot of their stress comes from something like you know the the feeling that they need to provide, um, and if and especially if you feel like you're not doing that, that it oh, can right. cause that type of stress where you would, you know, uh, you would self medicate with things that are really more destructive. I mean, not only is that you know making you unhealthy and perhaps unfit to work. But, you know, you're also spending money that you don't have on food that, you, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. But uh, I don't want to know how much I spend. Well, let's and- just say a $1,000 on Swiss rolls. That's... <laughs> that's enough. To, that's too much for a lifetime to be spent on that crap.
1: In that situation, when it comes to stress eating, there's not really a rational thought process to no. it. You yeah. know,
0: you're just doing it just to do it because it makes you feel good. Basically,
1: no, nobody stress eats broccoli. You know,
0: no, that would be gross.
1: Um, I've definitely also used food to cope, um, and I really actually think that it's partially a normal thing because food can give people so much pleasure. But I think it becomes problematic when it's like the only thing we turn to and it begins to cause like that additional emotional strain or is or is destructive. Um, I think a lot of people see that term like coping mechanism as a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing if the coping mechanism is helpful instead of destructive and i think we all need coping mechanisms we just need to be aware of whether or not they're helping or hurting us and we need to be aware of like what we're trying to cope with sure um and we need to be aware of those emotions so um i know you kind of mentioned that like women tend to struggle more with this co- you know i the, would the i th-
0: would say so cuz i mean um i don't know men just don't show their emotions so depending on what it is i mean i just went to food because it's just like it's there and you just shove this emotional depression of twinkies down my throat makes me feel better (laughs) Um, but i think i think just women in general just seem to stress a lot and that's maybe the easiest thing they turn to i don't know what do you think
1: i would agree with that um or you know maybe there's a lot more men who do it, but because men tend to be a little bit more closed off when it comes to speaking about emotions and right. stuff like that or stress, like you said, they they tend to like go close more inward. That maybe they're more like closet stress eaters. Sure, you know, and they're just not saying that they're doing it. But for sure, I would say almost all of the women that I work with, um, they they report that they struggle with with stress or emotional eating Mm -hmm. and for women this may not be the same for men i don't know i mean maybe you can say something about this but i think it goes back to this whole idea of you know we a lot of times we don't feel like we're enough and if you're especially like if you're a stay-at-home mom you don't feel like you can ever do enough to truly contribute like i that's how i felt when i was a stay-at-home mom I really felt like I wasn't doing enough to contribute and that just had to do with the money more than anything. So that was a stress for me.
0: Sure. I can see that. Yeah.
1: Um, if you work though, um, as a mom, you feel like you're not, you're not being a good enough mom because you can't be there for every second or for every game and the laundry doesn't get done. Um, and when I when I meet with women who tell me that they eat emotionally, it's almost always because food is like the only part of their day that they enjoy.
0: So I definitely can relate now, seeing um, with Johanna and that uh, not providing financially because I think that's where we're at right now. So you know we're trying to get a house and all this other stuff. And right. I told her I'm like, if you if we can make it to where I can pay for a house and you don't have to work, that's fine. But we're at that point where it's like you have to work for right now to later that you don't have to. So it's, right. it's kind of balancing. I think we're at a good balance right now to where she's like, yeah, I know I want to, I, I need to work right now. But, you know, and maybe the next six months or a year or two years, whatever the time frame is, then she'll be able to not do that because that's not my goal as her husband is to make get to the point where she doesn't have to work.
1: Right, yeah. right. And
0: then, because I know that's her full-time job is taking care of Levi and then the four or five kids we're going to have. And it's a
1: huge job. Right. And I, yeah. you guys want to have more kids. And so, I mean, that's a huge job. And when you factor in the cost of what childcare would cost oh, it's while the kids are young, ridiculous. it's crazy.
0: It's ridiculous.
1: So, but you know, a lot of the women that I work with are, they have kids that are nearing the point of being in school full-time, like, um... So they're, you know, they're like the six, seven, eight range. And so they're in school all day, except for during the summers. And at that point, it's like, you sort of feel like, well, what, what do I do now? Or what should I be doing? You know, because, Mm. you know, that, and that's, that was just the feeling that I started to get was that, well, you know, I'm here at home. I should be doing something to contribute, even though, you know, there was no pressure from my husband to like, you know, oh. hey, you've got to go back and get a job. You like that transitional
0: period where they're like going from not being in grade school to going into high school or whatever, where they get picked up by the bus and stuff. Is that what Right. You're talking about? Okay. Right.
1: I mean, my daughter, she's eight. So she's in um, she's in third grade right now. I mean, she gets picked up by the bus at about eight twenty. And, um, she gets dropped off at about four 20.
0: Sure. So, so what do you do during that time? Right. Right.
1: And you know, and I, I started a business on a blog. And so it, again, I love what I do, but a lot of that, a lot of what I'm doing was driven by the fact that I felt compelled to contribute financially. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain amount of stress that goes with that, but, What I find with women is a lot of times food, like they don't allow themselves any pleasure during the day, like every, every day during the day, they don't allow themselves any sort of pleasure. So it's like the one thing that they look forward to, it's their time because doing nothing, like for instance, sitting down to read a book or watch a show or whatever is seen as like frivolous or unacceptable or shameful. So eating is doing something right. When you're eating, you're doing something. I think so. So, eating also tends to push like the pleasure buttons in your brain. Right. So, it's easy to see how stress, being stressed, can cause that eating and it can become a habit that's hard to break because it gives us a break. It's like our break. And for me, you know, when again, like going back to when my daughter, uh, when I had stopped breastfeeding and I was like under all of that stress, that mommy stress. Um, for me, it was wine at that time. Like at five o'clock when my husband got home, that was my break. <laughs> Nobody was going to take it away from me because it was the only thing I was allowing myself.
0: Yeah, you're reminding me I had to go buy some wine for Diana. <laughs> she, asked, she asked for it. I forgot. <laughs> oh well.
1: But I, I love to ask women this question When was the last time you felt happy? Did you know that you should feel happy every day? I mean, not not like all day every day, but you should be you should feel happy every day. Um, when was the last time you did something you wanted to do and like only you? Um, did you know that you should be able to do something that you love every day, no matter how frivolous it may seem? Um, that kind of stuff. And so when you start thinking like when was the last time you really really felt happy? You should feel happy every day.
0: Sure. Yeah, I totally agree with that.
1: You should be able to take time for yourself every day. So let's talk about how to deal with some of this stress or emotional eating. Um, I don't know if you want to sort of kick that off. Sure. Yeah. Five things.
0: Five things here. They're from a PhD, so apparently they know what they're talking about. At least I hope they do. Usually. Usually they do. Okay. <laughs> so.
1: I tried to add some of my real world.
0: Yeah, because you know how they they live in a bubble. I, I
1: guess sometimes. <laughs> it all sounds good. <laughs> yeah, practical
0: application is the. Sometimes thing. there
1: is just nothing that can solve your problems better than a box of Oreos. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so we have five things from PhD that states. Um, there are some things to help with overcoming emotional eating. So, one, name that mood. So, apparently, this is to keep a journal of the mood you are in and the food you're eating. Uh, this will give you kind of insight and in how your patterns will help you le- utilize that. Now, if you're like me, sometimes keeping a journal uh, may add to your stress. Right. Uh, just like my fitness pal, when I ask my clients to do that, they don't do it. So... I don't do it anymore, um, but uh, maybe you don't want. Maybe you don't want to write it down because that's kind of like a physical reminder. Sometimes you can text yourself because I text myself things I need to remind, or uh, say I don't want to write today. I felt depressed and I ate seventeen boxes of Oreos, <laughs> so that might be a little deterrent on that end as well. Um, but really, it's just kind of reminding yourself, okay, during this time I was sad and I ate this. So there's, it's more of kind of having that uh, accountability to where maybe, okay, today I felt sad and I ate chocolate, okay, or whatever. We'll just make it something really bad. Today I, ate, I was depressed and I ate a box of Oreos, so tomorrow I feel the same. Maybe I'll choose something different, basically.
1: I, so I I actually have, um, my clients do this and, and again, I struggle with the same thing. A lot of my clients, they are really resistant to doing this, especially if they've dieted a lot because it's sort of very similar to like tracking calories and tracking food. So I call it a food and feelings journal and, and people typically hate it, but if I can get them to do it, it really does work. Um, and the most important thing with naming that mood or doing like a food and feelings journal is, is making sure that you're not judging what you're writing down. So when you connect the fact that you ate 17 boxes of Oreos with the fact that you were sad, um, you know, there shouldn't be a judgment call there because eating the Oreos was serving some, some type of a purpose for you. So it's just identifying that purpose and hopefully the next time you can identify that feeling or that emotion you can say you know what i felt really crappy after eating those 17 boxes of oreos i want to see if i can handle this a little bit better this time sure you
0: know Off, completely off topic. I just thought about eating 17 boxes of Oreos.
1: It does really sound good. It right does
0: now. sound good. You we can ha- ha-
1: I haven't eaten dinner, so...
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: We're always doing this like right before it's time to eat. Yeah, I haven't eaten dinner
0: either. So. <laughs> Alright, so number two. Ride the storm out. So, um, knowing that bad feelings can ebb and flow, just like the tide of the, tide of the oceans, you know, can last a minute to hours. Um, you know, this usually seems to say... Here's a bad feeling. How long can I go feeling this way without going to food? Um, Within the first five seconds, in the first 10 minutes, you know, it's basically seeing how long you can go to where you can withstand that feeling of need to eat or going to whatever that is and then seeing the next time if you can last a little bit longer.
1: I wanted to add to this one because I do think that it is a really good idea for people to try and like feel their emotions or, you know, understand where their stress is coming from because you'll never quit stress eating. You'll never quit emotional eating if you don't identify the underlying cause of your stress eating. But I would add to this one that it's really a good idea, I think, to ref- to find at least initially a replacement activity Because, like, sometimes riding it out can just make you brood about wanting to eat. Like, right now, I'm thinking about Oreos. Sure, yeah. And so, again, that's sort of stuck in my head. But it's a bit like trying to give up smoking or soda. You need to replace the vice with something else until your body gets over like the hand to mouth motion. Sure. Yeah. And so for some people, this like it's gonna be chewing gum or it's gonna be doing something more constructive, drinking a cup of herbal tea, taking a walk outside, doing a puzzle, doing qigong on YouTube or something like that. Something that's going to sort of replace the activity or at least sort of take your mind off of it. And, you know, see if you can sort of delay eating for 10 minutes. Um, And then if you can delay for 10 minutes and sort of busy or occupy your mind and the Oreos pop back in your mind, can you delay again for another five minutes?
0: Sure, yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. All right. Number three, don't empower your vices. So basically this means just don't give power to foods you already have an issue with. So if I'm buying a Swiss rolls, I'm not going to put them in my house. You know, it just empowers those things. To make it harder to resist and studies even show that eating a high fat high sugar foods can affect the activity part of your brain that manages stress which actually further enforce your resilience on eating in response to stress. So if you feel you can't resist eating reach for a healthier option like fruit I would say fruit not vegetables cuz who the heck wants to eat vegetables when <laughs>
1: right fruit definitely definitely have the healthy options available and i think that's a really important point that you made though that if at least for a time you need to keep those quote unquote vice foods out of your house and i deal a lot with emotional and binge eaters and there's a fine line there between you know you at some point you have to allow yourself to have those foods but I, when I work with people, I try and tell them that there are no foods that are off the table. You can't, you know, there are no, no, no foods. But if you have specific foods that tend that you tend to be drawn to or that trigger you to overeat or, you know, that you like to stress eat. Right. If you're willing to drive all the way to the store to get them, then maybe, you know, maybe you need that food. But a lot of times because people don't, you know, people are pretty lazy. If it's not in your house and there's healthier options available, then, you know, it's more likely that you're going to make a better choice. So no. keeping those vice foods out of the house, I think, is really
0: important. All right. Number four, healthy coping. So exercise is always a good way to yes go as far as you release good hormones in the brain. Any
1: sort of movement yeah. is is shown. I mean, studies show time and again that any sort of movement... Uh, releases those endorphins and yeah
0: yeah just working out uh talking to somebody talking with your emotional animal at work support person um it's definitely going to help you with those emotions and kind of see maybe oh okay it's not as bad as you may think it is
1: right People should identify, you know, if, if you're if you're a stress case and you find yourself eating because of stress, you need to identify a person who you can call and talk to. Right.
0: Someone That's stable. Really yeah. Right. They're not going to feed into the same thing.
1: Even if it's somebody you have to pay like a therapist.
0: I charge fifty dollars. <laughs> Alright, conquering the hard time is key to long term success. So it's pretty self explanatory if you think that losing weight and staying on that path during the easy times is going to be all oh, that time, fairyland. It's going to be super easy. I'm just going to eat whatever I want and lose weight and blah, 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 blah. It's not going to happen. So life is chaos. If you uh, can pers- persevere during the time that is hard, you know, you're going to become stronger, be able to deal with more the craziness in the long run. So I would say just challenge yourself to keep more of a healthy lifestyle, even during those stressful times.
1: I run into this a lot with clients and it's a really tough thing. Um, I want to be understanding and and I hate being pushy, but too often people want to give up when their life gets tough or life throws some sort of a, you know, a monkey wrench at them. And I've had a couple of clients who have severe health issues that sometimes prevent them from being consistent with something like working out sure. or, you know, e- even eating healthy. And they always feel like they're starting at square one because they have to keep starting and stopping. But I do my best to encourage them to keep coming or, you know, keep doing what they're doing whenever they can, as often as they can, because life is never going to be perfect. There's never. A right time to do anything to get married to have a kid to start a business to get a puppy to begin an exercise program to change your health change your life the people who are most successful are the ones who don't let adversity thwart their forward momentum so like and that's no matter how slow the going is may be um i really believe that sometimes the best time to start like an exercise or a healthy eating program is when it appears to be the worst time in your life because it can give you that little bit of spark uh, to say, I can do this. Like, I can do this despite all the things that are happening in my life.
0: Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, and you get to that point where you just either get fed up or you just, you know, tell yourself you can do this. And, you know, once you see the first result, whether it's a pound or two pens, that's a huge accomplishment. Right. And you definitely shouldn't be like, oh, well, this person lost this much weight in this much time. Who cares? That right. that they're not you. I mean, one pound or two pounds or ten pounds is huge. Right. I mean, you have to put a lot of work just to just to burn one. So that's always um, something to keep in mind. So um, these are part of stress questions. You know, kind of go hand in hand. So how do we cope with stress? Some people, it's emotional eating, smoking, drinking, wine, or countless other things. Um, eating's my fault. And sweets is probably my fall guy. Kelly's is obviously that wine bottle. And sweets. And sweets. sweets. (laughs) So when I do get stressed, I usually currently go for Monster Energy drinks because there's no carbs, no calories. Um, Obviously, we know now if you listen to the intermittent fasting one, I can't drink it while I'm fasting. So that's mean. Um, But mainly, uh, I have that and it's sweet enough to where it kind of like gets me out of that area it's not that i'm super stressed i'm gonna eat junk food it's just that it's sweet enough to where it craves that and then i'm fine um uh is there anything you kind of go to if you have that
1: for food yeah well i'm like caffeine i think you know coffee like every now and then i get a real craving for coffee at like two or three in the afternoon sure That's usually for me as a lack of sleep or, um, you know, something else going on that's causing some sort of stress or. um, But when it comes to when it comes to food, um, definitely donuts, I think probably (laughs) uh, donuts and cake. Well, donuts are are not zero
0: calorie, Kelly.
1: They they are. Oh, (laughs) you mean, what do I go to that? Yeah, that would help me. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, that's tough.
1: You know, the first thing that pops into my head would be going outside and taking a walk. Okay, Um, Anything that I can do that moves my body. So whether that be um, like a, a 10 minute Qigong that I find on YouTube or going outside and walking the dog. Um, those have been huge for me because for some reason that just gives me, it it just gives me enough of a feel good. Like, Hey, I chose to go out and take a walk to deal with my problems instead of eating them, eating donuts to get out of that (laughs) funk. Yeah. Just to get out of that funk for that that moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I do cheat, cheat day every week. Um, that's kind of when I stress eat, I guess, but not really. I just kind of, I want to eat cookies and junk food. So Um, anyway, so main point is really, we all have a scapegoat we go to is kind of just identifying what that is and then trying to, um, ride the storm out, have a journal, um, all the things that we kind of cover just to kind of, you know, get you through that part. Um, so here are some ways to kind of cope with stress and Kelly's going to leave this off.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I added one in here to, to our notes and that would be awareness you need to be aware of the behavior and you need to be asking yourself questions. Like if you find yourself stress eating or eating for emotional reasons, you need to start asking yourself the questions of, you know, what's missing in my life? What is it that I really need right now? What void is food or alcohol or whatever you're using? What void is it filling in your life? Because I like to tell people that Emotional eating or stress eating is a, is basically a cry for help. It doesn't solve the underlying issue. So you need to bring awareness to the fact that you are doing something that's destructive to your health. And, but, but you have to do so and not like a, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this again. I suck. I have no, you know, I have no willpower because it's not about that. It's just the fact that you're not really addressing like what's really going on here. That's causing me to have the symptom of wanting to eat.
0: Right. it makes total sense. So number two, to cope with stress, take care of yourself. I mean, most people don't do this. I know my wife sometimes doesn't do it and you have to like, hey, hey, guess what? you have a hundred bucks or whatever you can get your hair done and do all that stuff. (laughs) So she's all excited. So whenever she does that, she'll be all excited, you know, take care of yourself, you know, eating healthy, well-balanced meals, you know, all that fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, all that kind of stuff. Um, you want to exercise on a daily basis or on a regular basis, whether it's, you know, three days a week is probably good to start, you know, 10, 20 minutes, um, Definitely get a plenty of sleep. Now, if you're new new moms or moms with you know babies that don't want to sleep, you know that's gonna be tough. But if you can do it and you know your baby's sleeping through the night, um, that's one thing to definitely um, consider.
1: What I uh, what I tell moms sometimes is that just to understand that it's a phase in your life that's gonna be difficult, and that it will it will pass. Right. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, we're gonna have like ten kids, so Ooh. yeah, we're. It went We're, from
1: like 4 to 10. Oh, my well, gosh. I just want
0: to increase the amount of <laughs> stress, I guess. I mean, oh, no, it's only going to be like 4 or 5. Um, so you want to give yourself a break. You know, take your time. Take time for yourself because, I mean, um, I like I say, I get up at 4.30 in the morning. That's my time. Um, you know, it, you really just need to find 10, 20, uh, an hour if you can, just your time to kind of just have that time to you.
1: I think, I think I want to add to this because a a lot of women feel like, I think they feel, especially moms with kids, they feel like they can't ask for help. You need to ask for help sometimes. And whether that be from, you know, somebody that you trust, you can watch your kids or your husband, or, you know, you need somebody to rely on if you have young kids, you deserve to have time every day. Sure. But yeah. you may need to ask somebody to help you out. So when your husband comes home and say, you know, hey, I need 20 minutes to go read a magazine or something. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. So Johanna,
0: you can ask all you want. I don't Johanna,
1: care. you kick his ass and you tell him you just need some time to yourself.
0: Yeah, <laughs> She does do that sometimes. She'll go be like, Good. I want to go to the store just so I can listen to my music. Yep. Yeah. So talk to others, you know, a good person to talk to or um, a sounding board is definitely always helping coping with stress. Definitely calm you down, give you different perspectives, especially when you're like stressing out about something. It might not even be that big of a deal. Or you're just making a bigger issue than it needs to be. Um, we're going to avoid things like drugs and alcohol. I don't drink wine, so I don't smoke. I don't do any of that stuff. You can avoid it. I mean, within reason, a bottle of wine a night is probably not... Within reason.
1: Well, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, you you have to be really aware. So I still have a glass of wine or a beer almost every night. And for me, it's my time to take 20 minutes and sit down. And so I realize it's actually not the wine that I need. It's the 20 minutes of time to decompress from the day. But I still do have that drink almost nightly because more than anything, I actually enjoy the taste of wine. And so... I do allow myself that pleasure, but I think awareness has helped me realize that it could become a problem if I'm not careful, um, like after, you know, the, after I had my daughter. So, I drink no more than one glass, um, and I often go back to measuring wine, like how much, because my glass, my wine glasses can hold like three quarters of a bottle. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was
0: making sure I didn't read that wrong. Like, oh, oh
1: yeah, gosh. no, 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 I got like the big wine glasses, you know, and so unfortunately, my my little four or five ounce pour, it looks like there's nothing in the glass. I need to get smaller wine glasses.
0: There you go. Trick yourself, yeah.
1: The key for me is twofold. I feel if I feel if I need to drink more than one glass, that to me becomes a warning sign that I'm not taking care of myself in some way. So that's the awareness. And since alcohol and food I should say, these things are not inherently bad when consumed in moderation. Um so I force myself to sit down and sip the wine slowly. So again, it's, it's a break for me. It's something that I allow myself to do. I allow myself that break to enjoy it, um, because it's the break that I actually need, not the wine, but I do enjoy that little bit of wine during my break. But, you know, and it also forces me to sit down and really say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to sip on this wine because it's only like five ounces, which is like nothing. Right. So the reason that wine or food or smoking or sex or whatever it is becomes a coping mechanism is because it's a way that we give to ourselves. It's a form of self-care, even when it's destructive to the self or when it becomes destructive. So it's really not about the food. It's not about the wine. It's about the underlying reasons for why you're overdoing it.
0: Sure, yeah, that makes total sense. Take a break. Last one, we're going to cover it's easy to do. Um, if something is causing stress, taking time away from work. I know in personal day we have two. Um, you have personal day at work. You have personal time. I think we have two 15 minute breaks. So if it's, if you need to take a fifteen minute break just to walk outside, barring that it's not you know snowing or raining because we're in Ohio, but um, you know that definitely is going to help with that.
1: Do you know how many people I come across that when I ask them if they take a lunch break at work and they're like no I work at my desk while I'm eating I do and I'm like no I'm like no I'm like you take your lunch break you earn that lunch break I take like to, a break I
0: like to leave early so <laughs> I work through lunch
1: <laughs> but didn't you say you worked with a cl- or you coached a client and you had her get up like maybe 10 or 15 minutes earlier and that really sort of changed a lot about yeah her?
0: yeah she came in she felt she looked I mean, she looked different because I think she got her hair cut, but she just felt better. She felt like she accomplished something and it just set her her day off, especially with all the stress and stuff she's been dealing with. Um, But you definitely see a noticeable difference. Um, Even in myself, I feel like, um, you know, starting my day off with that, you know, two hours before um, Levi or Johanna even gets up is just time that I need to get stuff done and time I can spend for myself I need to do that
1: that's been big for me too um i i get up probably an hour and a half before everybody else in my house and um that that is my me time and um and and if mark gets up early i get really bent out of shape <laughs>
0: <about that. laughs> i do when levi gets up because i'll my get my time yeah i'll get up at 5 30 <laughs> and one time he got up at like five or i get before 30 get up at like five I'm like what are you getting up <laughs> Go to sleep.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember those days, too, when Aaliyah was young, and I would try and get up early to to beat her getting up. And if she would wake up early, I would be like, no, you need to go back to sleep.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So everyone, we covered stress, eating while stressed. I hope that you took some time to kind of like sift through these ideas and, you know, take and use them. Um, but is there anything you really want to cover at the end?
1: I don't think so. I think we pretty much nailed that one.
0: All right. Well, until next time, guys. Hey, everyone. This is TJ and Kelly with the Initiative Project Podcast. If you like what you're at, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you have any questions you'd like us to cover, please email us at Initiative